1: buy into that lie, the lie that tells you if you just do certain things, if you just live a certain way, you'll never have difficulty or you'll never have tough times. The truth is Christianity has always thrived in persecution because Christianity was born out of persecution. over compromise. Daniel and his friends taken as hostages, journeying into a foreign city, Babylon, as teenage boys. As Daniel walked into that impressive mega city of the day, he would have likely walked past this image, the strident lion, An image you can see on display in a museum in Chicago even today at the Oriental Museum Institute. Though he would have walked past that now famous lion, he would have had no idea of the role that the lion would play in his life story. What he did know as a teenage boy and what he lived out as an older man was this truth. His God was able to meet his needs, whatever they were wherever he was. And that's our message today. That's the message for you. It's the message for me. Wherever we are, whatever we face, our God is able to deliver his people and demonstrate his power. I've loved journeying through the book of Daniel because the message could be written for today. It's important for us to understand these truths. We live in a world where the circumstances of life seem to compress upon us in such a way that we can't help but be influenced and impacted by the world around us. And yet, as followers of Jesus Christ, we who make up the church, that's not our goal. Our goal is to be the influencers and to be those who impact the world around us. Like Daniel and his friends, we are in Babylon, but Babylon is not to be in us. Our mission must not be affected by our moment. I hope you understand that. You as a Christ follower are left here for the purpose of giving God glory and pointing others to him, to know him and to make him known. And that mission given to you by the God of the universe must not be affected by the moment that we're living in, by the circumstances of our daily life. And that truth is seen again as we meet Daniel today in chapter six. This is the most well-known incident in Daniel's life. In fact, around the world today, if I were to play a game of word association and mention the name Daniel, many people would respond, Lion's Den, because the name Daniel is associated with the Lion's Den. In Daniel chapter 6, the story kind of tells itself, so we will read this entire chapter. But as I read this, I don't want you to miss something that kind of jumps off the pages of Scripture. There are seven themes unmistakable truths of scripture that really the Bible is telling us in the grand narrative from the beginning to the end that are here displayed in this simple chapter in this familiar story. I want you to get those themes. So I hope you have something to write with, a pen, pencil, lipstick, Crayola, mascara, or your thumbs, and something to write on, a notepad, the back of your hand, a device, because I believe God will enlighten us today And maybe teach us some new things about Daniel and the lion's den. The first theme I want you to see is around this word. The word providence. Providence we have learned throughout the study of Daniel. Is the hand of God on the arc of history. It's that reminder that God is sovereign. That he's not caught off guard. That we make our choices and our choices make us. But it's the God of the universe who is allowing all that takes place to exist. And so... As we walk through life, we would do well to acknowledge that it's God who's allowed us to be where we are. Like Joseph in Genesis, Daniel, in the book of Daniel, is put where he is because of the hand of God. And we see this on the outset of Daniel 6. Look at verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. Now first, I need to remind you that we have a new king. We have a new king because the former king was taken out by God because of the pride of his life. And so Babylon was no longer ruled by that king. It was now ruled by the Medes and the Persian. And the king on the scene was this man named Darius. It says that he sets over his kingdom 120 satraps. Now these would be like county commissioners. Uh, They're like over a certain part of the government of that geography, And over them were three high officials, of whom Daniel was one. So these satraps, 120, had three supervisors. These satraps should give account to them so that the king might suffer no loss. Then Daniel, one of the three, became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Now, this is amazing. When you remember where Daniel came from, he was a hostage. He was one of the nobility taken by Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter one into Babylon from Jerusalem. He was indoctrinated in the ways of Babylon. And yet, because of a decision that he made that we have recorded in Daniel chapter one, verse eight, that he purposed in his heart, he resolved to live for God. Because of that, he had the favor of God on his life. Let me just use that as an opportunity to say something to us. And there's an idea among some that our faith can be discovered in an incremental way, that you grow yourself into righteousness. And while we do grow in the maturity of our faith, I need you to understand that scripturally, our faith begins at a point in time where we make a conscious decision. We're going to step across the faith line. We're going to do it today. It never gets easier. It never gets easier to be a faithful witness. It never gets easier to make it a discipline to get into God's word. It never gets easier to make church attendance a priority. It never gets easier to be a faithful steward. There has to be a point in our life where we say today... I'm doing this. That's what Daniel did in chapter 1 and verse 8. He purposed in his heart. He resolved. And as a result of that, he had the favor of God upon him. So throughout the rest of his life, at that time, he was 14, 15, 16. Now he's 75 or 80 throughout his life. When people saw him, they saw the Spirit of God in him. That was because of God's providence. The hand of God was upon him. I want to live my life in that way. Do you? To live our lives in such a way where the people in our little corner of the world would say, the hand of God is on that person. There's an excellent spirit within them. That's what happened with Joseph. Do you remember Joseph's story in Genesis? His brothers were very envious, so they threw him into a pit. They sold him into slavery. But the Bible says in the pit, listen to this, the Lord was with him. From the pit, he went to the house of a man named Potiphar. He was a slave in Potiphar's house. But in Potiphar's house, you know what? The Lord was with him. He was accused of a crime he didn't commit, so he was thrown into prison. But in prison, guess what? The Lord was with him. Because the Lord was with him in prison, he found his way into the king's palace. And in the king's palace, guess what? The Lord was with him. And as a result of that, he ended up being prime minister of Egypt. And as prime minister of Egypt, the Lord was with him. And many years later, those same brothers that threw him into a pit stood before him. And Joseph was able to say, hey, what you intended for evil, God meant for good. Because throughout this whole journey, the Lord has been with me. Guys, I want you to understand something. Your life will be well lived if you make a decision today to say, I'm going to live in such a way that the Lord is with me so that the people that I influence, the people I impact, the people I'm around see the spirit of God in me. What well, was true of Joseph, it's true of Daniel. His success was a direct result of the one who was with him. And Daniel understood this because he had humility. Remember last week, I told you that there's three questions we all need to answer. One is Who am I? The second is Who is God? And the third is Do I know the difference? Daniel knew who he was. He hadn't forgotten where he came from, but he knew who God was, and he very clearly understood that he was not God, that the kings that he had served with, several of them now, were not God, that God was God alone, and that his focus had to be to live his life for God. If he would humble himself before God, God would exalt him, and that's exactly what took place. By the way, that principle's true for you and me. If we humble ourselves before the Lord, the Lord will exalt us. Daniel never forgot who put him where he was. Men and women, we would do well to remember that truth. To never forget that the sovereign hand of God in his providence has allowed us to be where we are. Some of us need to make a decision today. I'm going to stop giving sovereignty. I'm going to stop giving rule of my life to someone who is not sovereign, who is not my ruler. I'm going to stop giving sovereignty. I'm going to stop giving rule of my life to something that is not sovereign, that is not ruler. I'm only going to allow the sovereignty of my life to be yielded to an almighty God. And because Daniel knew who had put him where he was, when the going would get tough, as it did throughout his life, he never changed teams. He never walked away. He never backslid. So let me just ask you before I move to this next thing. Do the people in your life see that kind of person? When you go through difficult times or when you're on the mountaintops, do people see the excellent spirit of God in you? Do they see that you live your life with a gentle and a calm assurance that God's providence is in control or when you walk through the valley when you walk through trying times do you so act in fear and anxiety that you look no different than them providence second theme is persecution and I think this is important because from the beginning of the book to the end we see that God's people will experience persecution while the holy hand of God is upon us the holy hand of God does not keep us from the evil hands of man Don't buy into that lie, the lie that tells you if you just do certain things, if you just live a certain way, you'll never have difficulty or you'll never have tough times. The truth is Christianity has always thrived in persecution because Christianity was born out of persecution. Let me illustrate our founder, Jesus Christ. He was put to death and since him, his closest disciples, they were put to death The earliest of the church members were burned at stakes and their flaming body lit the fires for Roman parties, all because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And yet we think that we're going to go through life without hardships. We think that we're going to serve our God and not face difficulty. To do so is to miss the words of Jesus. Jesus told us, hey, they hate me. So guess what? They're going to hate you if you live for me. In fact, he says in John 16, I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And then we've got the promises of God. Raise your hand if you're thankful for the promises of God. Promises that you can hold on to in the difficult moments of life. This is not one of those promises we like to hold on to. Listen to this promise that Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 2. Indeed, all, say all, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's a promise. What makes us think we're excluded from the all? God's word says everybody, all who desire to live, a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. This is part of what we experience. So when we see stories like Daniel, we had better learn. Look at Daniel chapter six, verse four. Then the high officials, the satraps, they sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. Now, why did they want to find a complaint against him? Because we've already learned that he was the favorite. He was the one that king was gonna put in charge. So there were at least 132 people who didn't like that. The 120 or 122 people, the the 120 satraps and the two other leaders over the satraps, they didn't like that Daniel was in charge. And so they went to the, the king, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. What if when we got into a relational conflict and someone wanted to come against us and they looked to find something against us, What if they couldn't find anything because we were faithful? No error or fault was found in him. So then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it. Notice this, in connection with the law of his God, he was so faithful that all they knew was he would not disobey his God. The Bible calls this characteristic blameless. Think about this. If you search the scriptures, not one negative thing can be said about Daniel. David, we're told, was a man after God's own heart. But can we say some negative things about him? Uh, Yeah, he was an adulterer. He was a murderer. He was a chicken because when all the leaders were at war, he was back at home being an adulterer and plotting to be a murderer. I mean, we could say some negative things. Peter, God used Peter to start the early church with that great message at Pentecost. But can we say anything negative about Peter? Uh, Yeah, he denied Christ. These are heroes of the faith. But Daniel, not one negative thing. Why? Because we know as a young child, he built his life on a firm foundation. He made that decision. Remember, we make our choices. Our choices make us. We make decisions. Decisions determine our destiny. Parents, grandparents, that's why it's so important that you set the example for your children. Don't expect them to prioritize things they watch you marginalize in your life prioritize those things that are important because if they can get it when they're a child, there's so much a better chance that it sticks with them. In fact, the Bible says this, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. His life was built on a firm foundation. And so when he found a day of trouble, he didn't turn away. That same principle is true for us. Several years ago, with some members from our church, I had an opportunity To minister to some missionaries in Dubai. And while there, we were able to visit the world's tallest building, the Burj Khalif. It's an amazing edifice. It has the world's highest observation deck. It has the world's highest elevated pool. I think that's on the 76th floor. It has the world's highest restaurant. It has the world's fastest elevator. It's a half mile high, over two times the height of the Empire State Building. But you know what's remarkable? It took over a year to build the foundation for the Burj Khalif. And over 110,000 tons of concrete are poured into that foundation the architects, the engineers, they understood that without a firm foundation, that tall structure pointing to the heavens could not exist. And I want you to understand that scripture teaches without a firm foundation, you will never point to Jesus the way that you were intended to point to him. Our foundation forms our character. Character then is what comes out of us when we're squeezed. It's just like that toothpaste in the tube of toothpaste. When you squeeze the tube of toothpaste what comes out toothpaste and your character is what comes out of you when you go through those trying times those obstacles those times in life where you're where you're squeezed someone put it this way christian character is not forged in the moment of adversity christian character is revealed in the moment of adversity the truth is according to scripture all of us will fall all of us will fail in different ways, even as followers of Christ. The question is not if we will fail, if we will fall. The question is, how do we react when that happens? How do we respond? With what character do we get up and go forward for the glory of God? Daniel is going to navigate this season of persecution like a champ. Now, let me just say before we move past that theme, you and I had better get ready. If Jesus said... They hated me, they're going to hate you. If he said, beware, in this world you're going to have trouble. Why should we think that as Christ followers in our day, we should have it easy? This has nothing to do with the political election or anything that's incurred in 2020. But I would say to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ... Our best days in this society are likely going to be seen in how we respond to the persecution that we inevitably face. May we rise to that occasion for the glory of God. The third theme is a familiar theme in Scripture from the earliest pages of Genesis. It's the theme of pride. In every story in which the evil one is present, you will always see him with the emergence of pride. You see, for our enemy, pride is essential artillery because he knows that pride comes before every fall. And so in this story, pride is used. Pride is used to influence the king. Look in verse 6. Then these high officials, the satraps, they came in agreement to the king and they said, O king Darius, live forever. They're stroking his ego. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, the counselors, the governors, they're all agreed. By the way, when, when someone's trying to get you to do what they want, that's, that's the same line people always use. Everybody else thinks you should do this. Everybody's in agreement. That the king should establish an ordinance, enforce an injunction. That whoever makes petition to any God or man for 30 days, except, of course, you, stroking his ego. King, we need a new law, and the law needs to be that anybody that bows down to anybody but you, what's going to happen? The king, you shall cast them into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish this injunction. Sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. We still use that term today, that it's according to the law of the Medes and the Persians. That lets us know that it's something that cannot be changed. Notice what happens. Therefore, having had his ego stroked, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. They fed his ego before he fed Daniel to the lions. You know what ego stands for? If you're taking notes, maybe you'd write those letters, E-G-O. It stands for this simple phrase, edging God out. Because when pride comes into your life and you begin to respond in ego, what you do is you push God out of the picture. That's why God gives us the gift of humility. Humility is for our protection. It allows us to see that it's not all about us. When I humble myself and I look up to an almighty God, I begin to realize it's not about me. Pride does just the opposite. Pride causes me to focus on self and to think it is all about me. The danger of pride. So what's Daniel going to do? This is the fourth theme, persistence. Now, I could have used another P word. I could have talked about prayer, and we will. That's the way that Daniel persists, but I want you to get the general principle here. Look at verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed. Say this with me. Say, when Daniel knew. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in the upper chamber, open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day, and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Say, as he had done. When Daniel knew as he had done. When Daniel knew as he had done. What took place? When Daniel found out what King Darius had signed It was not done in the dark. He knew all about it. He was one of the most powerful people in the kingdom. When he knew that that was a law, what did he do? He did what he had always done. He went and he persisted in spiritual discipline.
0: You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhill.org. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us next Sunday at noon for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.